Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the mother frickin' Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza featuring this week only us two, Alfie, yourself, myself, Alfie Colshaw, and Daniel Finton in the cut. Alfie, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Uh, feels a bit lonely, to be honest, just us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, sad times. It does. Um, obviously, we had our first high profile guest, I guess you could say. I'll do respect to Rob, our amazing writer, but um, our first... You're not quite ass blog, Rob. Not quite. To be fair, neither are we. Rob was an awesome guest, um, but we had yeah. our first... We caught our first big fish, and um, <laughs> Andrew was absolutely fantastic on the podcast last week, and if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and give it a listen. Also, feel free to give it a review as well if you enjoyed it. If you did not enjoy it, don't give it a review. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever you thought about it, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you can leave reviews. We greatly appreciate constructive or destructive criticism because that's the only thing that can make our podcast better. And if it's if it's, if it's positive, that's the only thing that could boost our egos, right? Mm. So, of course, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a action-packed episode in for you today. Is this episode 30... 33. 33, that's what my it... house door number. Okay, Alfie. I don't know, yeah, I know. if you should say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're going to get caught up, man. You're going to get shot up. Mm, there aren't that many middle-class suburbs in London. So, <laughs> yeah, luckily, <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful. There's not that many people in London, right? Mm, not many just the uh what is it 12 million or something yeah small town vibes right not much to do mm, there yeah exactly not bad traffic no, at it's all a bit boring to be honest mm. yeah yeah well yeah let's get into it how about that um let's stop <laughs> yeah. let's talk let's stop talking about this crap ladies and gentlemen on the cards for today we're just going to talk briefly and when i say briefly i mean boxer briefly about our win <laughs> over portsmouth uh, what's what, what day is it? Wednesday. So uh, a couple days ago yeah. on Monday. Um, pretty comprehensive victory, I guess you could say, in terms of the run of play in the second half. We'll get into some of the details here in a second. But we're on to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Um, some big fish have made it through to that stage as well. So we will see mm. who we draw. I'm, I'm not sure. Alfie, do you have any preference as to who you'd like to draw? Uh, I mean, so far, looking at who's through, Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle, Sheffield United. Give me Newcastle at home. I'd I'd love a bit of that. Yeah, I, I was going to say that would be mine too. And frankly, I was watching the live updates of the, I believe it was West Brom and Sheffield United game, if I'm not mistaken. Reading, Sheffield United. Reading, West Sheffield. Brom, Newcastle. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, my bad. Um, Reading, Sheffield United. Ah, mm. oh, Sheffield only just getting through on extra time there. And man, I was hoping mm. we could maybe get a little bit of Reading there in the uh, quarterfinals. Mm. That would be a pretty favorable Seven, five vibes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that would be nice. But Sheffield United with Chris Wilder at the helm did well to get through there at extra time. But our game, Alfie, um, mm. first half was a bit sticky, I will say. Um, yeah. Portsmouth had a pretty decent amount of chances. However, they never really troubled us all that much. I saw you getting into some some 
some scraps and all that on, on Twitter and stuff, kind yeah. of <laughs> fighting with people as to whether or not we were just atrocious in the first half or, or whatever it may be. What, what were your thoughts on the first half there? I mean, yeah, I was tweeting throughout that game more than I usually do. I, I don't quite know what got into me. It was just a random FA Cup game against Portsmouth. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the narrative that we were terrible in that first half, which is sort of, um, mm. well, of course, the media wanted to display it as that, and I was tweeting about this as well. They are, they desperately, desperately push the underdog narrative to sort of create some some drama for their viewers. And this was possibly the worst possible scoreline for the broadcasters. You know, they're wanting either a massive upset or a very, very comfortable Arsenal win where we, you know, maybe put six or seven past them or a th- thrilling 3-2 or something like that. But it was pretty straightforward for us. And you could tell the likes of Jermaine Junis uh, in the commentary. Obviously, you would have had something different. Um Seemed quite Thank hurt God. by it and wanted to attack Arsenal as much as possible. That's what I felt like. And I'm not just playing some victim card. It really felt like that because, yeah, first off, yes, Portsmouth created a few decent opportunities, but they were all quite low quality. Obviously, there's no XG in uh, my favourite thing. <laughs> in uh, There's no XG in uh, cup games for some reason. They don't, they don't record it, but... I'd be very, very surprised if there was anything above maybe 15%. Um, you know, they had a flurry of low-quality chances and we created two high-quality chances with uh, Nelson, sorry, with uh, obviously Socrates' goal and Socrates' goal and the uh, Martinelli header from pretty close range. Um, I thought both halves were pretty similar in the end. The second half, we just managed to prevent them from taking as many speculative sort of long-range, low-quality chance efforts. Um, and we, I, I would agree maybe we controlled it a bit better in that aspect. But I thought overall it was a pretty assertive, dominating performance. Not in terms of we were completely fluid in the final third. I thought we wasted several good opportunities when we sort of got into the positions with a final ball and stuff. Um, but in general, it was sort of what Arteta would have liked. You know, we picked our moments to sort of penetrate the... Portsmouth defence and and you know we were clinical when we got into the positions and controlled the ball and controlled the game so yeah I thought overall pretty good night particularly with the youngsters out there very difficult atmosphere to play in um so yeah positive in my opinion yeah I would I would agree with that completely I mean obviously the two teams went head-to-head on that lovely checkerboard pitch may i just say as well very nice i love that in your piece that was a great do you like great that? observation i was trying desperately to find some sort of checkers um analogy but i will <laughs> admit i do not know anything about checkers so that was unfortunately Neither not possible I. um mm. i because isn't checkmate a chess thing or is that in checkers yeah. too? i do know a bit about chess i played it was a bit of a a chess player back in the back of my like oh shit sort of six to nine year old stage i'm not not past then i'm not some fucking loser nerd no offense <laughs> to chess players wow um, but six to nine you know i was in the primary school team um went to a few tournaments uh was actually was a decent player back in the day but not that's relevant to this but yes checkmate <laughs> is when you win in chess god you're such a fucking loser 
<laughs> no, no. Shout out to chess players. Um, good people, I'm sure. I've, I've I've never met one, but I'm sure they're a good, lively bunch, right? Um, <laughs> Absolute party animals they are. Yeah. <laughs> Wild specimens. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, we checkmated them off the pitch. I guess you could say or something like that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I I would kind of kind of agree with you. Um, I, I put in my piece more so that the second half was a bit more dominant, but I do actually agree with you. Fair enough. And the fact that um, the first half was not nearly as bad as people wanted to make it out to be. Exactly. Um, especially pundits like Jermaine Gina said, thank God I didn't have to uh, put my ears through the torture of oh, listening to torture. his commentary. He is an absolutely... I'd be waterboarded. To be honest, to be honest, mm. same. He is an absolutely horrendous pundit and probably one of the most biased I've ever seen. He makes he makes uh, like he would Spurs could get relegated and he would be saying you know, they could get relegated with record low number of points and he'd be saying, Oh, they were unlucky. <laughs> he makes like people like Roy Keane look like a fucking Liverpool fan or something. <laughs> you know, like it's he is so unbelievably biased. No, I was given a couple decent commentators. I don't remember either of their names, but yeah, they did the job yeah. and they did it well. Um, Fair play. So that was good. Uh, the one not so good thing that came from the first half, though, Alfie, was that Lucas Torreira injury. Um, that was Torreira's cries in the background that you heard there after he got absolutely mm. smashed by Bolton. Uh, would you make it the challenge? Uh, I had a bit of a debate on this on Twitter. Um. Sorry, not Twitter, on Instagram, actually. I put out a post. I was saying, how can these challenges continue to be tolerated? If you look at, um, oh, what was it? If you look at Pepe uh, earlier in the season against West Ham, um, and then also there was another one on him. I think it was against Bournemouth. It's sort of a crunching motion, scissor motion, between uh, the opposition's players' legs on one of their legs. And this one was similar. Although he won the ball... Um, which is fair enough. I don't think it, there was malicious intent. It still endangered uh, Lucas Torreira. It was, it, you know, he obviously was in a lot of discomfort. Um, and for me, you can't celebrate a tackle that is, you know, people say the game's gone soft, blah, blah, blah. You can't celebrate a tackle which is endangering an opponent and is, you know, there's a scissor action on his legs. Um you just you can't be set if you're celebrating that you're gonna leave players exposed to really dangerous tackles and yes he won the ball but for me it's dangerous and the action on the follow-through yes he won the ball the action on the follow-through is not very good so I, I can see what people are saying about it's a contact sport and if you win the ball and you know in the follow-through someone gets hurt so be it but I think when you've got that scissor action on a player's ankle, it is dangerous. And yeah, I'm a bit on the fence about it, but I, I'd probably mm. say, I, I, yeah, it was See, dangerous. Yeah, I will say, granted, I am a part of the Central Defense Union as somebody who's <laughs> played at the absolute semi, 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 semi academy level i almost said academic level academy level um i was a defender in my day and i do quite like seeing tackles like that unfortunately it was Terrera, so i don't want to see it on one of my team's players but i do like tackles like that and i 
don't want them to be wiped completely from the game, to be honest. And I would Fair enough. be I would be inclined to probably disagree to a certain degree. I would have to probably agree completely with the, what James said on the Arsecast was that it is kind of the scissor motion that you're referring to is kind of a consequence of having two legs. You know, um, it's just it is going to happen sometimes. I And also, I just don't think it was malicious either. You know, the one like... Yeah, but I think regardless of malicious intent i think if it's endangering someone you could you could you know put in a horrendous challenge like albamiang did uh against palace and that of course i don't think there was any malice or intent in that but at the end of the day it was a terrible tackle which put the player in danger uh, in danger i don't think it's in a way i find this similar to handballs um mm. you know hardly ever will someone purposely use their hand but if it's disrupting if it's stopping a goal or stopping someone going through and goal similar to tackles if it's if it's endangering someone if it's a poor tackle it doesn't matter whether someone intended to do something i i think it's sort of a separate debate but i i always think intent in that sort of thing is sort of irrelevant in my opinion yeah that's that's fair and i could absolutely i could see where you're coming from with that um Mm. i think it is a gray area in the game to be honest really because Part of it, you know, you want to protect attacking players. Obviously, Lucas Torreira is not a primarily attacking player, despite Unai Emery's belief when he was at the helm. Um, But, you know, you do want to protect the attacking players, but you also don't want to take defending out of the game either. So it's, it is difficult. You look at, I think the handball comparison you drew there, I think was actually quite, quite good. And that's kind of what I was thinking about prior to you saying that is that gray area kind of just needs to be erased by them basically stamping down of a rule and saying, you know, the new handball rule, for example, if your hand is involved uh, whatsoever in a goal being Mm. scored, the goal is taken, you know, they don't, they're like, they're like, "Mm -mm, nope, no gray area. That's just not allowed at all because it was Watford against Manchester United that I was watching when the player pretty unintentionally, Hit the hand with his ball, but it, uh, hit the hand with his ball. <laughs> hit the <laughs> ball with his hand, and um, it went into the back, and the and the, the goal was taken away. Um, mm. While maybe I could see that that's a bit harsh on Watford now, which I think they went on to get thrashed in that game at the end. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It is definitely a gray area of the game. Bolton went in hard. I'm not. I mean, there's no contesting mm. that he went in hard, and Torreira fell hard now i don't know if there's been any update about the injury or anything like that but obviously uh we're hoping that that's not a serious one because we definitely knew we definitely do need him uh coming into the Mm. rest of the season don't we so and uh worth noting horrendous reaction from the uh pompey fans in fratton park i don't know if you've seen what they were chanting i did not what were they saying um you're going home in an ambulance yeah, that's fucking pathetic, to be honest. Scum. And to be honest, their fans were annoying me throughout the game. Yes, they create a good atmosphere, but fucking scum. Did you go to that one? In my opinion. I didn't, no. Oh, I didn't know if that was the one you said you planned on going to or not. Yeah, it was, but unfortunately it was sold out uh, uh, before I could even look at the tickets. So That would have been a fun yeah, one. It would, but fuck them. Yeah, Fuck no, Portsmouth. absolutely, absolutely fucked them. And um, hope they get liquidate again or go into administration <laughs> again. 
<laughs> How oh. dare you attack Lucas Torreira like that? Yeah, come on now. That's that's pathetic. But, I mean, mm. we handed them an L, and that's really all we could have done on the day. Socrates exactly. scoring the first goal. What a, what a finish from Papa. Yeah, strikers. Strikers oh. finish. But let's talk about that cross, too, from, from Reese Nelson there. Just absolutely fizzes it in. And then Socrates, that's mm. one of those... You, you've maybe hit a volley like that, you guys listening. Um, if you if you go to the pitch, um, you may have mm. hit one like that just playing around. And it's one of those where you just literally stick. Oh, I do it all the time in, in training. Yeah, I bet you do. You're the messy of, uh, yeah, of exactly. your ends, yeah? But yeah. it's one of those where it's just you stick your foot out. I love those because I'm a center back and mm. I have no idea how to shoot. I love those because... <laughs> You just stick your foot out, and it looks like you scored a world-class finish. But in reality, it was just because the ball was coming at you like 95 miles per hour. Mm. It was well-controlled, well-directed. But yeah, I think the, the pace on the ball sort of did most of the work. Yeah, nonetheless, it was a good finish for, for Socrates. Um, and then mm. going into the second half, just to kind of wrap things up so we can get into the more exciting segment of the game. Not that the Portsmouth game wasn't that exciting, but... With the possession statistics ending at 73% in our favor, it was a very Oof. controlled kind of game. Um, mm. Re, uh, Reese Nelson and Ketia, excuse me, scored the second goal of the match and the final one as well, only six minutes into the second half. And Alfie, that pretty much killed the game. Yep. Oops. Uh, yep. Uh, and good, again, great from Nelson. He did that a few times in the game. You know, showing his pace, showing his willingness to go direct and run past players. And he had that guy on toast, whoever their left back was, um, went oh, past yeah. him a few times. That Nelson, that Martinelli chance. And yeah, great play there. And Nketiah, great for him to get another goal. Um, three goals since his return. I think he's, I would say he's in better form than Lacazette. And uh, I've got a question mm. actually about this later. But okay. Yeah. Uh, Nketiah on fire at the moment and I thought he had a really good game not just his goal but I thought his hold up play was much better and his his mm. movement is really really good you know he's constantly trying to get in behind and he was he was one of the ones in that first half who was trying to make things happen so yeah good yeah. goal for Nketiah and I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from him, him at the moment I am as well and you know you talked about his hold up play there I think Nketiah's just overall work rate is quite impressive you know, I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. He, he tracks back, he flies forward. I love his press that he almost mm. always, he presses the goalkeeper up all the way. That is so important in the modern day game, because if you run up and you go press the goalkeeper hard as fuck, then the goalkeeper just has to slam it long. And we have a really good chance of winning back possession. So mm. I, I love Enketia's work right there. And yeah, I, I, Looking forward to answering that question about him um, later. I have a question for you just regarding Reese Nelson before we kind of move into our main segment of the episode. Um, mm. Did his performance maybe, does his performance rather kind of indicate that maybe he should be given a bit more game time? Is the upcoming match to West Ham United possibly one that we could see Reese Nelson taking a part of? Um. I think there's a lot of competition at the moment uh, for you know for places in that sort of area. You've got Pepe, you've got Martinelli, you've got Aubameyang playing out wide. You know it's it's difficult to see him getting a run of games in this team at the moment. But of course, brilliant performance. He would have done himself no harm. I think it was four key passes, 
Um, again, unfortunately for me, there's no XG, no XA stats for that game, <laughs> but I'm sure his XA would have been high. Oh yeah, um, which is always good for a cre- someone who's meant to be a creative player. Um, against West Ham, I'm not sure he will play. But I think Arteta clearly likes him. You know, we saw when he first came in, he, he played him in that ball game, this open game, he played him with Chelsea as well, and then he obviously got that injury, which has sort of set him back a bit from the team. But I would love to see it. I would love to see him get more opportunities, but I'm not sure I'd like West Ham, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I agree. And just there was a second part to that question as well. Is there maybe a possibility of him being put in at the number 10 position and maybe he and Pepe kind of interchange a bit or vice versa? I know they were talking about that on the Arsenal Vision podcast. Could Pepe maybe be put into that number 10 position to accommodate Reese Nelson? Or is this all just way too fucking soon? And I'm just getting excited because Reese Nelson has cool hair and is fast. <laughs> uh, possibly. Uh, he has got the attributes to sort of fill that role. Um, you know, he's very, very technically secure on the ball. He is he's creative. He's got very good quick feet. He's quick. Um, and, you know, he's clearly, I think he's four assists out of season, which is joint fifth or joint fourth. You know, yeah, he's joint fourth. Uh, in our in game, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen in the West. I don't think it'll happen in the West. I don't think Possibly so, you know, and um, that is something a favorable draw would definitely do for us is give us an opportunity to experiment because now given the fact that we're out of the Europa League, all we have is the FA Cup and the Premier League. And I don't realistically think that um, we're in a position where we could really make any experiments in the Premier League at the moment because somehow we are still up in the race i mean i don't think it's quite that realistic us getting a a top four finish but you know you're hearing the murmurs about manchester city possibly being banned from the champions league and you'd like to think that they're going to take up one of those top four positions and if that is the case then the fifth place team in the premier league would qualify for the prestigious competition in europe that is far superior may i just say to the shit one we just got knocked out of um but, Alfie, I mean, the, the thing is about it, we are in the position that we are in, not only due to Unai Emery and maybe his tactical inabilities, I guess you could say, but also the squad as a whole really just needs some serious improvements. And I know that this was going to be the main kind of um, segment of the podcast. Yeah, and I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take the reins to this. I'll let you take the microphone and run this shit and yeah we're just gonna gonna go through this and i think it'll be a, an interesting listen ladies and gentlemen yeah uh we did this last year at this sort of stage we sort of did a po- podcast i think it was it may have been after an epic cup game as well sort of dedicated to sort of how we'd reshape squad in the summer and then how we'd look to rebuild and sort of just going through the squad and saying what's you know how we giving a definitive statement on their future at the club you know will we, will we unloan we'll keep them will we sell them and I'm going to put you on pressure here, Daniel. Uh, every single player, you have to give a definitive. Not, not oh, maybe sell, maybe loan. We'll see what happens. No. Definitive statement. Definitive. Decisive. Yeah. Something Una Emery was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, we might as well start. Uh, Burned Leno. Extremely difficult one, this. Oh, I know. So inconsistent. Sell. No. Absolutely would keep him. Um, he's been fantastic. He like many others on various social media platforms are saying is along with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, basically the only reason that we are not uh, shoulder to shoulder with the likes of West Ham United and Watford, because he has been a saving grace to us this season, hasn't he? Exactly. And happy birthday. Happy 28th birthday, Bund. If ah, 
I probably yes. Uh, yeah, I completely second that. Um, can you really argue against that? Uh, excellent flex saves this season and kept us in many games. So, of course, we have to keep him if we can. I've heard rumours uh, going around that you know certain clubs in Europe, won't uh, name any names, uh, are looking at you know Mid, which would be a huge loss because um, obviously he's been excellent. So, of course, keep Melo if you can. Uh, Martinez, bit more debate around this one, but I would personally say keep. I don't see the I don't see the reason behind, you know, going for someone else. What, what's the point? Mm. He's clearly an able goalkeeper. And, you know, particularly if we did get Chelsea, he probably wouldn't be playing in that competition anyway. He's, he's clearly capable of playing in, you know, in the Cups. So why would we waste limited resources that we've got on, you know, bringing someone else in? Yeah, I would definitely be inclined to agree. And I saw you having a, an exchange with another user mm. on Twitter about this, and I 100,000% agree. Um Maybe if we had the financial strength to do so, then yeah, I would like another good, solid goalkeeper to come in. But really, given the financial restrictions that we're said to have, as usual, um, I would really think that this, like you said, would be kind of a waste of time, a waste of money. And I think it's also worth noting, Alfie, there's not really that many good goalkeepers out there that are just like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm willing to be a number two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so you look at, mm. for example. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. I guess you could go down the route of, you know, getting someone very young with potential. Yeah. But that, would they be better than Martinez as a number two? Probably not. Probably not because, you know, goalkeeper kind of similarly to center back is a position that requires a lot of mm. experience. You know, the best goalkeepers tend to be in their thirties, you know, or late twenties at the, at the youngest. And um, yeah. So I think that would be a waste of time. Therefore I would keep Martinez. I'm not sure if he's the best number two that we could have, but frankly, my concern is not, um, who the best number two goalkeeper we could have is my concern is other areas of the pitch, which we'll get into here in a bit. Exactly. I'd agree. Uh, moving on to the defensive area, Hector Bellerin. Oh, you know, I've actually seen some debate about this one. Mm. Surprisingly so. Um, and I can see, I, I, I'll say this because you want, I can see concerns. Mm. I can see why there are concerns. Absolutely, yeah. And I will give a definitive answer to this, like I will to all of them. Good. I would personally, yes, I would personally keep him. Um, but there has been some concern, like you were saying, about his injury record, things like that. Maybe him not looking as sharp. But people, he just got back from a mega injury. He's going to need some time to find his former self again, really. And we're going to have to be patient with him. So... I would keep Bellerin personally. I think he has a quite high ceiling, um, and I think that we still are yet to see the best of him under Mikel Arteta's jurisdiction. I think that he's a player that can that could really do well. Yeah. Anyway, what you think about what? What's your thoughts on Bellerin, though? I'd like to know because this is one that kind of divides opinion, though, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Keep him. I think people I can understand concerns because he has looked a bit shaky uh, since he's come back. Uh, maybe game away. Possibly he'll never be as quick as we want for him. You know, he may never retain the pace. That he showed when he burst into the scene, or even before the injury, he was like, "Hey, don't have to be that sort of fullback because you know he is playing his inverted fullback, and I think Bellerin can fit that always very good technically. And I think he just needs a bit more time. And I think next season, 
I think I, I have full faith in Mikel Arteta's ability to get the best out of Hector Bellerin. Um, so keep for me. And as I said about Maitland Niles, uh, this is the, I guess we'll go into him. Thoughts? I would sell him, and I think we're going to sell him. Um, to mm. to be honest, I wrote an article a while ago for your for 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 our website that did bits, mm. and um, <laughs> um, it was basically saying that I think he could do the kind of Milner esque utility role. Um, I still kind of think that, to be honest. I think there's a player there and Maitland-Niles, but if Arteta's seeing something in training that mm. we as supporters are not seeing, and it's clearly rubbing him the wrong way, um, then then that is something that would concern me. Um, <laughs> he is English, obviously, so not to be kind of a douchebag <laughs> or anything, but a lot of English players go for ridiculously, preposterously high fees, you know, and I... I think we could get 15, 20 million for him. I know. I Yeah, I think we could easily get around that figure. I mean, you look at even, I mean, you look at some of the English players, I mean, obviously he's not to the caliber of like a Harry Maguire, but was Maguire worth anywhere near 80 million pounds? Absolutely not, mm. you know, and it's just, he would probably... Mm give us a lot of funds if we were to sell them. So my definitive answer, I like that word too, man. I'm probably going to have to use that in a few pieces. Um, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> my definitive answer is sell, period. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's hard to agree. If, if no, I think maybe the, cav- the caveat, the uh, counter argument, the counter argument to that was uh, would be, you've seen mm, Arteta like sort one. of question players already in his short tenure, you know, you know, freeze players out. You think of Danny Sabas couldn't make the bench long ago. He's clearly, you know, changed the way he's trained and shown Arteta things he wants to see. And he's back in the squad. You know, it, it maybe looks like Mills that's slightly more difficult for him than sort of Sabas because that, you know, there isn't that backup fullback vacancy anymore. Clearly, because we've got we brought in Cedric and he will fill that void. So he's probably back to a centre back role once Cedric's fit. So maybe that role isn't available for him anymore. As you said, a sort of a utility player, I think we've got too much depth in each area for him to really be a proper utility player, if I'm completely honest. But central midfield, again, we don't know the extent of Torreira's injury feels like it'd be difficult for him to break in there. So I just think whilst him being a utility sort of versatile player sort of allowed him to break into the squad in the first place, because, you know, he, he was filling in in those fullback areas, I think at the same time it's sort of detriment, been to the detriment of his, his uh, development in one certain mm. area. And now sort of leaving him, un, you know, not needed not necessary in the squad, exactly. So I think, yeah, I would agree. I think this summer is probably the time to cash in on Maitland-Niles. But it's not the worst thing, you know. It's not the worst thing that hasn't quite worked out for him to be, you know, a brilliant player because he's still come, for the for the first team, because he's still come through the academy and, you know, that would sort of treat as a success because obviously we don't have to pay for him. Maybe we can get 15, 20 million for him. That's sort of good business. So, yeah, I would also be bought on board for Maitland-Niles to be sold. I think that would be suitors. So, yeah. 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 yeah, I think it's hard to disagree with that. I think a lot of people's opinion on that have probably changed mm. as of late. Um, just seeing as Arteta is so keen to keep him out of the out of the starting lineup, you know, and mm. I mean he's using a, a thirty-one-year-old centre back ahead of him at right back. So who, yeah, who notably is not exactly like you know you could imagine maybe a a David Luiz playing on the right or something mm. like that, but it is Socrates that's playing as a right back ahead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles. That, I think that pretty much is indicative over the fact that he is pretty much done, unless 
he starts really impressing the boss in training. Mm, agreed. Uh, I'll probably leave Cedric out because he's missing play. Well, he's only here for six months though, and then we've had everybody leave him out. Uh, Yes, definitiveness is key. Okay, so I'm going to use some some rhyme and some reason in my definitive answer. Um, I would probably have to keep Louise because like they were saying on the Arscast, he's got two years left on his contract. We just signed him. He's not going to leave. It's really that simple. So Louise, um, Saliba is going to be coming in, obviously from his season-long loan that we left him with St. Etienne for, for, this, um, for this season. So I got Louise, Saliba... I think Mari is going to be signed on a permanent. I think those three, what I just did there, that was pretty cop-out-ish for me because those are definitely the easiest three, so now I've left myself in a bit of a hole. Um, Chambers, I don't think we could actually sell at the moment because he's going to be out for another nine months, I think it is, or something crazy. So realistically, we're not going to be able to sell him, so I think he's going to be another one. That has to say on our books. There's no choice. Um, I would like to keep holding. So that would be my five that I would keep. And then I would sell. So you're selling Socrates. I would sell Socrates. I would sell. It's, I know. It's it's like uh, it's like Mavropanos. You want to mm. say it in like a hundred different ways. But. Yeah, I would try to sell Socrates, but I think pretty similarly to Louise, I don't think he would leave. Um, he's got a year left on his contract at the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't... I'd be hard to get much for him. Yeah, and I think his next move... I, actually, he's been very transparent about it. His next move is either going to be stateside mm. or over to Asia. I think Arsenal was the, is going to be the last big mm. club that he pays, plays for. Um, so I think... Yeah, I would try to sell Socrates, but realistically, I don't know if we could actually do that. Um, I would probably sell Mavropanos because, again, referencing the Arscast, um, apparently Mavropanos is injured again. And I think for me... Oh, really? Yeah, that's... I've seen it started very well for Nuremberg. I know he's injured. Yep. Supposedly, he's injured again. And I think that's pretty much... I think that's the end of his Arsenal dream, to be honest. He... Doesn't have a very good injury record, does he? So I would sell Socrates, Mavropanos, and then who did I leave out? Mustafi. Oh, Mustafi. Yeah, I would. I would definitely sell Mustafi. Just I know he's had a resurgence of sorts, um, and I'd like to hear your list. See if maybe you disagree with me over any of them. But uh, shit, I think if anything, now is the time to sell Mustafi because he's actually hit some form, and we could get some money for him. One of the few center backs that we could- yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say Luis, as you said, was off the team, what, five, five million or ten million. Um, uh, you know what we're going to get from year on when he's one year left on a contract um, and I think he's been excellent under Mikel Arteta and as much as you do want to build for the future you've got some experience in there and that experience will be vital so yeah I'd, I'd definitely Louise with the one year left Saliba or Saliba again another one don't know how to pronounce it yet 
we'll see. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll sell him. Actually, I'm joking. That was a dreadful yeah, he's joke. terrible. Yeah, he's fucking terrible dreadful. Um, <laughs> yeah, Saliba is one. They're obviously staying. Uh, Mustafi can go again, as you, as you said. He's got. A, he's had a bit of a resurgence, but then again, do we really know if it's a resurgence? Or are we just getting his next calamity mistake? Um, and as you said, a resurgence is a great time to sell him because you know clubs I think will be interested. And if you're looking at the three that are out of contract in the following summer in 2021, it is Mustafi, Luis, Socrates. Who are you going to get money for? Mustafi. You know he's a lot younger, and you know he's he's been in a bit of good form. So Mustafi can go. Uh, I think Mavropanos can go now. I think it's just looking too hard for him to break him, particularly with Saliba coming in. Mm. Uh, you know, he's no longer the youngest player in there with, you know, the rule. Um, which is a shame because I do think there is a player in there and he started to show it at Nuremberg, but injury is clearly a problem. And yeah, I think Mavropanos is out the door. Uh, <sighs> Chambers, as you said, can't really sell it. Uh, so he'll stay. I'm not sure we will sign Marie permanently, if I'm honest. I think, I mean, we've heard rumours that Arteta wants to sign someone else, and I, I would definitely be looking at bringing someone else in. I think there's, there's quality needed in there, and we don't have the requisite quality to, to get back into the Champions League or to even win the Premier League, which is eventually what we're building for. We don't have the quality there, and I think we do need a marquee signing in there, someone we haven't, something we haven't been able to do of late. So I would, mm. I would sign someone else, and I probably, well, if I had the power to, I wouldn't sign Murray. I wouldn't be surprised if we did, but I, I actually don't think we will, as I said. Uh, and Socrates and Holding are the two that I think are sort of in the balance. I think, as you said, I, I'd probably keep Holding again, but I would, again, I would understand if we did let him go. I need to be definitive here. Holding's out. I'm, I'm maybe a bit controversial, but 24 now. later. I just think, oh, it's a bit hard. Uh, fuck it, I'm going to by Holding and Socrates and Mustafi and Mario Panos. Keep Saliba. Yeah, I'm ruthless here. Keep Saliba, Chambers, uh, Louise, so, so you got four there. Hmm. Actually, no, yeah, four, but three. Okay, keep holding, keep holding. <laughs> holding, Louise, Saliba, new signing, Chambers. Yeah, it definitely is. I just feel like they're going to sign Mary. And to be honest, I think they're probably going to sign Cedric too, even though we haven't even seen him. But I've got this funny thing, especially with Cedric, because he'll be free. Um, signing on fee will be a bitch. But I think we're, we're going to bring both of them in. I think there was a reason that we went went for them so hard on loan. So I think they'll both end up being Arsenal players. Whether or not that's a mistake or not, I guess time will tell, right? Uh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, sensational. Uh, Left-backs. Slight, I guess. Um, Teddy stays, of course, for me. Kalash and Saka. Do you count Saka as a left-back or would you be willing to keep him as a left-back and then sort of use him as a winger when, you know, Teddy's current position or would you keep Kalash and Saka on your left as well? I can't I'm remember, sure. to be honest. Mm. I don't know if he was I, on that boat. Actually, I'm not sure. I would get rid of Kalasnac. Controversial. I would have done it. Oh, oh, not his biggest fan, if I'm completely honest. But that is my verdict. That is my definition. Fair enough. We could probably get decent money for him as well. He's in his prime. Yeah, I mean, well, any hmm. any amount would be a profit as well. Definitely worth noting because we signed him for free, obviously. Um so I could see where you're coming from with that, but I have to be honest, and this is going to play a direct part in one of my sellings later. Ooh, um, I would keep Kalashinach because I'm not so sure that um, Saka is going to be consistently deployed in a left-back position. Yeah, um, I think 
that's kind of an emergency kind of thing. Granted, he's done quite well there, but I don't think for the long term. Oh yeah, true. I, you know, it's you know, it's funny. I actually just wrote an article for Pain in the Arsenal. Actually, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wrote an article for Pain in the Arsenal about how well he's done, and um, I'm not going to say what it's about. I'll send it to you when it's posted, but it's going to be a good one. Um, you bastard. You guys ever have a uh, a guy like Alfie in your life, man? Come on, Alfie. I need your support. I need your support, man. Good man. Good man. But <laughs> I I can if I speak, I'm in trouble. No. Um, no, so I would be inclined to keep Saka, though, just because of something I'll get into a bit later, a bit further. Or, yeah, keep, keep Kalashnach. Obviously, I'd keep Saka. Um just because of something further up the pitch. And honestly, both Tierney and Kalashnikov have shown that they're pretty injury prone. Um, so maybe keeping all three in that department would not be such a bad idea. Fair enough. I guess you can make that make that argument. Uh, he's throwing. Uh, I'm a bit all over the place here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Granite Shaka, midfield. How are we shaping this midfield? I think it's a it's a difficult area. Yeah, it is, and I I will be honest though. I think Jaka is probably mm. one of the people that will stay there. Um, I think Arteta quite likes him. I think he loves him. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's. I think you know, Jaka. Wow, <laughs> he must be a smooth talker or something because every manager mm. that's ever had him absolutely loves him. So. And it is kind of weird when you think, oh, maybe Jacker isn't the man. When you take him out of the midfield, it sort of, it feels like there's a hole, if you get me. Like, it just doesn't feel right when he's not there because mm, he plays yeah. so often. And he is sort of one of the first things that's Yeah, I do too. And I was I was talking to a Liverpool fan that's a friend of mine at work. And um, he was saying that Jaka kind of reminds him of Arsenal's Henderson, kind of. Like, in, in the sense of, he doesn't really seem like he's that good, but it's like when he's not in the team, there is very clearly something missing, you know? And he just, I, he, I think he has a good amount of leadership on him. He's, or in him, he's, he's turned things around since it looked like he was just halfway out the door under Unai Emery's, dare I say it, jurisdiction. Um, but yeah, he's, he's turned it around, and I think he's been phenomenal, similarly to David Luiz. I think they've probably been the best two players. Under Arteta, and I would I would keep him because of his quality and just because of the fact that I think he he wants to stay, and I think Arteta wants him to stay. And he suits the prison based style. He's very good distributor of the ball from deep areas. Mm. So yeah, I'd agree. Um, Absolutely. The rest of the field, I guess, we could talk about as a collective, sort of similar to the yeah uh, Uh Yeah, I would say. But I will assume we won't sign Sabios, or would you say we will? I, I, I'm assuming we won't. Oh, that's. It really depends on how much Madrid want. Really, I mean, if if Zidane is is just completely fucking desperate to get him off the books, and we could sign him for maybe a good. I what, what's the figure been? Thirty million? Is that the I one? I think that's it's been forty. A, for, ooh, yeah, that's kind of deep. To be honest, that's a bit expensive. I'm not sure we're willing I'd to I'd probably go for it. I, I like him. I would. 
Yeah, I like him, and I think he's great. I think he is a really good player, and I think he will become very good. I don't think the club will necessarily, though. Mm. And I don't think I don't know if we'll we'll be able to pull it off, to be honest. Particularly he's, if we don't uh, get Champions League. What's he? Twenty-two or twenty-three? I can't remember. Twenty-three. Okay, so, but nonetheless, still a very young player. I mean, mm. and he looks good. As a, he's definitely mm. been a better signing than than Lu, uh, Luis Suarez. <laughs> I wish um, than, uh, than than Danny Suarez. And um, yeah, so mm. I, I would like to keep him, but yeah, we probably have to agree. I don't think the club will. So if I could mm. keep, period. However, mm. I don't think I, I agree with you. I don't think we will. I think the club will probably uh, send him back to Madrid. Mm. Uh. So we're saying no Sabios next season, probably. Shaka, Torreira stays mm. for me. Yeah, Torreira will stay, and I would keep him. Yeah, but I think we need someone else in there. And I know you wrote a piece on Thomas Partey. Controversial one. Yeah, but for me, that would be a phenomenal signing if we could pull it off. I don't think we can, but it would be very good. Um, but either way, I think we need a bit more athleticism in this middle of the park. Someone a bit different to Torreira, maybe a bit more physically imposing um, to sort of rotate and offer something different. So, yeah, uh, who's also very good on the ball. So, I would be looking at keeping Torreira and bringing in someone else. I think that's fair enough. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you kind of did sway me. On the parlay train, I have to be honest. Um, Fair play. That's what I do. I d- yeah, the, you use your damn stats, man, and they hypnotize mm. me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I thought, just because the times I've watched him, he's looked like somewhat of a brute, really. You know, mm. just like a typical Atletico player. You know, just a guy who will just go out to fucking break legs kind of thing. But, shit, if he's good on the ball as well as being that kind of uh, bull in the china shop-esque midfielder, then I'm all for him. Um, I was I was really on board with um, with Rabio when we were talking about selling Xhaka because I don't think Rabio is an out and out defensive midfielder; he's more a box to box. But given the fact that I would want to keep Xhaka now, I would actually not go in for Rabio, even though he is a player mm. I have a soft spot for. I love his douchery and his oh, I just <laughs> I think he would fit in so well here. I think he's um, he is an excellent ball playing midfielder. He would just do. I mean, imagine a midfield with a guy like Parta and then a guy like Rabio in it as well. That would mm. be ridiculous. That would be would... sensational. I was going to say something but... else, but I'll leave it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's just it's just unrealistic. And like we were saying in our writers group chat, it is hypothetical transfers FC. But this <laughs> is this is not hypothetical transfer FC segment. This is keep sell segment and. I would keep Torreira, but like you said, I would also look to bring in another, maybe more physically imposing defensive midfielder as well. Mm. Gwendozi. I don't think you could sell Gwendozi at the moment unless a ridiculous fee comes through from... They were talking about maybe PSG coming in on the Arscast, mm. but it looks like they if may they were get... to offer you 50 million in the summer, are you taking that? See, it's weird because I don't think 50 million is that much money in today's I market. Guess. Yeah, I, th- I, mm. is he worth that? Probably not. Well, not at the moment, anyway. So, no, mm. it's difficult, isn't it? Because I like Gwendozi. I like what he brings to the table. 
I think he has a lot of potential, and I do not want him to be the one that got away. And I think that if we were to sell him for 50 million pounds and he turns out to be a fucking world-class mainstay in the French national team, that we're going to be kicking the shit out of ourselves after that. Hmm. Um, so I, I would keep Guendouzi, personally. I think he still has a future with the club, and I think Arteta maybe disciplining the strong yet poorly behaved um, dog, I guess you could compare him to, I don't know, um, is going to get the best out of him eventually. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, again, as you said, 50 million. I don't know if I would accept that. If if we were to get something ridiculous like 70, I'd find yeah. it almost impossible. But yeah, I would keep Gwendouzi's where I think as you just said, uh, the, he's disciplined him, not just sort of psychologically, I guess, but he's also disciplined him in terms of positionally. He looks like, you know, when when Arteta first came in, he looked like he he didn't really fit a structured team. He didn't he couldn't really play in it. But when it was chaotic under Emery, he, he excelled. Mm. Recently, he has started to look more and more at ease in an Arteta midfield, in a structured midfield. He's a lot better positionally. Um, and he's becoming less sloppy on the ball, which sometimes he was uh, a, a bit of a liability in that sense. Um, and yeah, I'd keep Gwendouzi as well. Someone else sort of along similar lines, young midfielder, Joe Willock. Hmm. Joe Willock's difficult, you know, because I think mm. similarly to Gwendouzi under Emery, he looked pretty good didn't he you know I mean he looked like a constant threat I don't think he's looked horrible or anything under Arteta but I don't think he's really looked all that great dare I say it you know I think he's kind of like the times that Arteta puts him on it seems like a good game at Bournemouth but other than Mm. that it's been a bit hit and miss yeah it's like when you play the guy that only plays as a defender and I'm speaking directly from experience, by the way, <laughs> up in the midfield or in a forward position, and they have they just have that look on their face, they're on their face, and the the way they play kind of makes it seem as though they have no idea what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and I think that Willock has kind of been experiencing that under Arteta because, like you said, it's a more structured style. There's mm. more structure under Arteta. Whereas under fucking Emery, it was just a shit show. And it was, let's see who can, uh, I don't know, let's see who could jump off the bridge and fucking break their neck the most mm. dramatic way. You know, it was like, whereas under Arteta, <laughs> it's like there's it an out. element. Uh, I don't even know, man. Um, whereas under Arteta, there's an element of, all right, man, it's all good. We got this under control. You know, we saw that 2-0 victory against Portsmouth. Second half completely dictated the game. They weren't even in it, basically. Yeah, and I think if you look stylistically, when Joe Willock's been at his best this season, it's been, as you said, in sort of a chaotic team, but also you you could say more of a counter-attacking side. You know, he's very Mm. good at driving with the ball from from deep areas and and driving us forward. Um, And, you know, if you think of that Frankfurt game away, he was absolutely superb. And that was when we were playing mainly on the break. Um... And maybe he doesn't suit a possession-based style as much. Uh, I've seen some people say he's not technically as great as you would maybe hope at this stage of his career. 
Um, you know, he's not going to pick a, a brilliant pass, is he? You know, an eye of the needle pass. You know, I think yeah. we haven't seen as much uh, of his ability to break into the box and get into goal scoring uh, opportunities, which is something that looked really promising in preseason and early in the season. We haven't seen that as much under Arteta or even in the you know the late stages of Una Emery, and that's something I'd like to see more from him. I still think there that we've got to give him a bit more time to develop, and I do think Arteta can maybe help him in those sort of technical areas to improve. So I would I would keep him perhaps alone. I don't know. I maybe that would do well. Yeah. I've got to be definitive, haven't I? Uh I'd keep him first half of the season where he'll get a lot of game time. And then maybe alone in the second half of next season. Mm. Depending on how he does in the first half of the season. Uh yeah. yeah, I'm keeping Willock. I would keep Willock too. Um, I think there's there is a definitely a player there. He's a midfielder who can score goals. Um, I do think that a loan would help him out greatly, though. However, if we were to loan him, I would just want us to kind of make sure that we loaned him to a team that kind of has a possession based style of play, mm. so, so he, he doesn't develop just come in that area. Exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't just come back and he's like, "Well, shit, I was just playing counter attacking football, playing every game with." whoever it may be. I know I'm expected to play possession-based. I have no clue what I'm doing. You know, so I think alone is on the, could be on the cards for Willock. I don't think that would, that would hurt him at all, but I would still keep him, keep him on the books. Yeah. Fair play. Uh, Meza Ozil. You got to sell Ozil really, but I don't Mm. think he's going to, to leave. Yeah. I think he's got to go. And, I've I've been over this so many times, but his creative assets are declining. He's not as he's not as creative as he once was. His key pass per ninety, his XA per ninety, has gone down significantly in a yeah. in the last two years from from his his absolutely gr- glorious numbers that he used to put up. Um, he was a brilliant mm. player, but he's declined. That is the the harsh reality and. The wage, the wage bill that he's costing the club is digging into our resources. So if we can get rid of him, this, this sounds sounds a bit mean for someone who has given a lot to the club. But I do, th- yeah. If we can get if we can get something for him, you know, he's another that's got a year left. I think in this summer, if we yes. can get something, if we can get rid of having to pay three hundred fifty k a week for someone who's not really providing the worth. Of, of someone that should be providing what am I saying you know what I'm saying if he's not if he's not yes. providing that you know <laughs> if we can get something for him this summer we if we don't have to pay another however million we have to pay him each uh, in a season then it'll be worth it and you know we should be looking to replace him with someone a bit more dynamic someone a bit more suited to the modern game who's going to be you know can can fit into a pressing system more and will contribute more offensively you know he'll have productivity in the final third which Ozil hasn't had for a while now Uh, yeah I would completely agree and it's just a matter of whether or not we can actually sell him um just before we move on to the to the front to the forward players Mm. um I wanted to ask you this though um and we'll just power through that those forward players just because I see we are running out of time yeah um any particular name that you fancy to replace Ozil if we somehow manage to sell I have one 
Who's that? And that is Buendia. I think he's extremely underrated. I don't see how he hasn't got more credit because, again, statistically, I mean, he's, oh he's up there with... Uh, he's the second best creative, second most creative player in the Premier League. You know, in terms of chances created, in terms of XA per 90, in terms of key passes per 90, he is only Kevin De Bruyne has beated, beating him this season. And people say he's not starting. He's made over 20 starts for Norwich in the Premier League this season, playing in a pretty poor team. He's also got quite a few assists. Uh, I think it's five or six. Yes, in terms of a goal threat, he's not. He doesn't do it. But I, I think he'd be a perfect replacement for Ozil, and he'd probably go quite cheap because he's sort of gone weirdly under the radar. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's a good shot. I haven't really heard that one be mentioned too much. Uh, only twenty three, you know. So yeah. maybe it would be a, a good long term, uh, good long term replacement there, and you know. No, Rich, they play. They play good football. Exactly. You know, so it wouldn't be that big of a. And I think he is better than the likes of Grealish and Madison. Some will say I that's a bit Gr- controversial, mm. but I think he's better. He's a, he's more creative. He's less of a goal threat, but he's a more creative player. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, you know, they don't really notice um, that the the Argentinian was signed from Hetafe mm. over there in La Liga to. To Norwich and Hatafe, the last few years have been fucking phenomenal, mm. you know, and overperforming massively. And obviously, he contributed to that and to some extent. So, yeah, maybe that is a good shout. Um, I personally, I like Grealish, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too opposed to that. Mm. I would definitely be a hell of a lot cheaper than yeah, Grealish, wouldn't he? I mean, like we were talking about earlier, that English price tag really, um, really comes to comes to mind, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I I really liked Ziyech. Maybe there, mm. you know, that I know that he can kind of, yes, I've, to be fair to Chelsea, that is a class signing um, mm. and I'm horribly fucking jealous. <laughs> I don't know why we weren't in for him, to be honest, but yeah, fuck mm. you, Chelsea. Money talks. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe though. Maybe Buendia would be a good show. Um, let's move on to the forward line and then we'll take some questions yep. and draw this bad boy to a close. Uh, Pepe, got to keep him, surely. Yeah, no question. Mm. Keep should kick on second second half of this uh, second season, and you know he's shown the signs we can't afford to cash in on someone we've just spent seventy two million on. So that's a no brainer. Uh, uh, Saka got a time down to a new contract. No questions asked. Yeah, and supposedly there's been a development in that. I don't know if you've heard about it. I haven't. No. Supposedly, according to. Let me let me source it here because about ten. No, mm. not that, not that good. Uh, <laughs> uh, ah, whatever. I can't find it, so it doesn't matter. Um, I saw on a couple headlines that were quote unquote. Get this, close, close <laughs> to, to a to a new on deal the verge of. Yes, <laughs> but um, closing I in. think it, closing in on a new deal. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Um, I think we will sign him though. I think he probably wants to stay, even if we don't qualify for any kind of European competition. Mm. Um, I know that's kind of been a concern for people. People saying, "Oh, if we don't get into the Europa League, then he might not sign." Mm. I would disagree. I think that Saka is a pretty smart kid. Um, and I think that he sees the amount of game time that is there for him with us. So I don't think he will try to move. 
Um, I do think you get game time at another team, to be fair, but I think that he pretty well likes playing here and under Arteta's, I'm going to say the J word again, jurisdiction. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, th- I think we'll end up keeping him, and I think that's a good thing because he's been one of our best of players as of late, and I would, yeah, keep, period. That's it. No, mm. no. Keep, exclamation point. Fair play. Martinelli, keep, of course. No doubt. Unless, well, if someone came in with 100 billion, <laughs> surely then got you have accept. to sell him. Yeah. 80 yeah, million? Uh, 80 mil? I think you have to sell still. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree for what we brought in with. But yeah, of course, keep Martinelli. Um, yeah, definitely. Reese Nelson. I would keep him as well. I mm. think. Even before last night, I thought Reese Nelson had a bright future yeah. with this club. Another loan, maybe. Could... That is a possibility, I will say. Mm. Um, it really depends, though. But nonetheless, I would keep him. Yeah, I'd agree. And maybe do a similar thing to what I said with Willock. You know, give him the first half of next season to sort of mm. develop under Arteta and, you know, get games in, you know, Europa League, hopefully not, but even Champions League Cup games you know, rotating and then second half of the season, if he's sort of not developed enough to be playing regularly in the first team, maybe give him another loan at a team playing similar style of football to us. Uh, Nketiah, keep. Yeah, you have to keep Nketiah and I wouldn't send him on a loan either. I would, I would keep I him agree. at the club. I agree. He's looking really good. Uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette sort of grouped together, I guess. Yeah. How are you approaching this? Um, this is probably one of the biggest talking points, I guess. Yeah, I think you go all out to try to keep Albamiang and wipe Ozo from the books, and then you sell Lacazette. I I just I have a hard time um, believing that us keeping Lacazette for the long term future, given his pretty torrid form for a large portion mm. of the season would be a good idea. Um, and I think that we could allocate some funds for him. So I would I would try to sell Lacazette personally, and I would try really hard to keep Aubameyang. If we can't keep Aubameyang and, let's say, a Barcelona come in mm. for him, uh, then I don't know. Then maybe you want to keep Lacazette, though, because you I, I don't think Definitive. realistically... I <laughs> I know, but there's so many hypotheticals. I can um, definitively sell Lacazette, keep Aubameyang. Fair but enough. there's uh, there's things that can happen, That's you know, true. that might change this my is answer. You know, probably so. the most difficult. I think it depends on Absolutely. a lot. I think if we don't get Champions League, I'd be selling both. I think mm. Aubameyang. You know, if we, if we don't get Champions League it's time to properly rebuild and, you know, this sort of project of signing these experienced players like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan, uh, you know, tying Ozil down, you'd have to say it's failed. Um, We haven't been able to get back into the Champions League in three years. And I think Aubameyang obviously wouldn't want to stay. Neither would Lacazette and we take the offers that we get for them. I think if we do get Champions League football, I'd agree. I think Lacazette probably has to go I think and I do think he can re you know get back into the form you know that he was showing but yeah 
I think he has to go. He he hasn't contributed enough goals. Um, it's again, it's a bit harsh, but that is the reality of it. And I'll I'll be looking to get mm. rid of of Lacazette. Um, and keep Aubameyang if we get Champions League football. If we can, you know, maybe not a full length new length contract. He probably want a bit of a raise, but um, maybe an extension. You know, one or two years uh, would do it. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a lot of variables that sort of impact that impact that decision, which we don't know yet. So I'd agree there. But yeah, that is the entirety of the squad. Uh, I guess you could say a Mill Smith row keep for me. Um, mm. But yeah. Oh, don't forget Mkhitaryan as well. Yeah, fucking keep him. Build build a team around him. Oh. I'd say. To be honest, I mean that. Uh, <laughs> oh. I love it. His source. highlight of his own. Yo, Pierre, want to come out here? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was also his, his highlight uh, of his, his career. Mickey toys. They are quality stuff. Oh. <laughs> do you have one? Do you have one on your desk in front of you I right now? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, Mikitaria. Oh, Mikitaria. <laughs> oh, Mikitaria. Oh, God. Oh, Mikitaria. Alfie, I'm, I'm so happy Rendition. to hear you singing on this podcast. Uh, it's usually just me. So that's great to hear, man. Yeah, that's great to hear you going once. with it. Yes. Well, here, how about this? Let's get into the questions. Yeah. And then we'll draw this bad boy to a close. So you can go play some football and I can do whatever I'm going to do for the next three hours or so until I have to eat dinner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Let me see. I'll, I'll, I got yeah, you can a go ahead. question from Twitter. No, I'll, uh, I got that question from Twitter from a really awesome supporter of us um, mm. that DM'd me. Um, Please leave a rating, Max. A, his name's Max. Yeah, sweet yeah. guy. Thank you very much. Yes, and <laughs> his handle is um, God. So <laughs> God officially likes our podcast. I actually, mm. Alfie, if you don't mind, I hope you've taken this time to bring up your questions because I do. I actually would like to ask him last. Fair play. Because I think the question he provided to us was actually quite a good one. Thank you, Max. Mm. Thank you, God, for uh, <laughs> providing us with that question. Cheers, I'll be God. sure to read it here at the mm. end of the episode. Cheers, Cheers for that one, God. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Geisha. Uh, <laughs> uh, what we got? Uh, well, J underscore Lovell. 31 are simply would you start on Ketia on the weekend uh, considering Lacazette's form and considering his form yes and I mm. think Ketia will start actually this weekend as well I think Arteta's been really impressed with them um, obviously he's seeing things from the youngster in training that he wants to see from Ainsley Maitland-Niles so Maitland-Niles maybe time to take some notes from your buddy there mm. um, because he's clearly doing everything right in training. And to be fair, he's doing most things he does right on the pitch as well. So yes, I would start in Ketia against West Ham. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, AFC underscore all the, all the way or AFC underscore all underscore the underscore way uh, <laughs> says, do you think it's time to change to a four, three, three as we're not creating the volume of chances we chances we'd like in a four, two, three, one. What are your thoughts? I don't think so necessarily. I don't think we necessarily have the players that suit a four-three-three. Mm. As in, I don't think I, I would struggle to see where Shaka would play in a four-three in in that 
Yes, you could put him at the base as sort of a Rodri type figure. However, that could leave us a bit exposed in the counter-attack because we don't have that mobility. We've seen that uh, under Emery when Shaq was playing at the base of a three. Can he play on the on the side of a three? I don't know if he has the, the mobility because that sort of role normally gets up and down a bit more. And I don't think Ozil can necessarily fit in that midfield three in that he... He, you know, he doesn't have the defensive awareness mm. uh, to sort of fit that role. I guess if you were to mix it up, maybe you could put, you know, a Torreira, a Guendouzi and a Sabios or even a Willock in there. They could probably play it. But I don't think we have the personnel at the moment to do that. And I do think we will start creating more a higher volume of chances uh, the more sort of Arteta works in the system. Yeah, I would kind of. Pretty much say the same things, actually. I'd be inclined to agree. Um, I don't think that Ozil especially would be able to handle the just way higher amount of responsibility bestowed onto him um, for playing in a number 10 as a, in a 4-3-3 kind of formation. Because as a number 10 in a 4-3-3, you have a shit ton of responsibility. Not that a number 10 doesn't already have a shit ton of responsibility, per se, but... It's just so much more, more defensive be. onus on you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, like you said, maybe Ceballos there, but even then, mm, I'm not so sure. So not quite for me. I would keep on with the 4-2-3-1. I think it just provides us with a bit more control. Agreed. Uh, and up the Reds underscore Liverpool fan, not Arsenal. Oof. Uh, says, how does this uh, current LFC uh, side compare to the Invincibles? Well, I'll start you off with that, Ben. Uh, you're not invincible, so that's that's one difference you can point out. Um, yeah, Ben. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to say, Daniel? There, I I mean, uh, the Invincibles are one of the best teams to ever play in the Premier League. You watch highlights of them, and you will be watching highlights of them 100 years from now. I am not so sure I could say the same thing about Workhorse FC. <laughs> you're good don't get me wrong but never ever compare never put them in the same sentence again please let's see here Wijnaldum Burkamp Thierry Henry <laughs> Firmino Firmino I think mm. that pretty much speaks Lovren, for Sol Campbell come on now easy yeah. Easy, easy. The Invincibles are the superior team. You've got a good team, don't get me wrong, and it is nice mm. to see somebody just knock Manchester City the fuck off their oil money butt perch. <laughs> but you're nowhere Al-Munier. near the Invincibles. Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Even our shit is stinkier than yours. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go fuck yourself, Ben. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, keep keep listening. Uh, give it a good review, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. To be honest, wasn't wasn't the greatest turnout. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Those are questions. some good questions. So, yeah. Some yeah, good questions. Go ahead. Aside from Ben's, and then yeah, we'll uh, mm, we'll a wrap question, this. Ben. Yeah, Ben, mm. go just go away. Um, just mm. kidding. Please listen next week. Thanks. Um, <laughs> shout out to God. Like I said, Max Query nineteen ninety seven on Twitter. Um, I asked if he had a question. He said, yeah, comma, do you realistically think within the next five years, Arteta will be the man to win the Prem with us, providing the board 
back him as well. Once again, God, thank you for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. And keep on listening. And if you leave a review, bud, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Not begging it. <laughs> uh, to answer the question, um, I mean, possibly, yeah. I, I, it's hard to say, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to back Arteta and I'm going to say he is the next Arsene Wenger. Ooh, big that. show of faith okay <laughs> it won't be here well, 22 years but five years possibly yeah i think the board will back him and i think this is our time to back a manager and back their philosophy yep i would agree and i actually think this may be a bit of an unpopular opinion from my point of view but i actually think us appointing unai emery prior to appointing arteta was mm. kind of a good idea he was kind of a stopgap appointment, if you like. Mm. And um, I know that maybe the board didn't actually see it that way, but it did kind of work itself out like that. I think that Emery did kind of put us in this weird position where right. it was like, for once we had a boss in charge, it was like, I don't really have any attachment to this fucker. So get him out of the... You know what I mean? Whereas like under Wenger, it was like you wanted him out, but it was like, man, this guy has just provided me with some really good times, but he's passed it. Whereas with Emery, it's like, yo, fuck that guy. Mm. And I think Arteta's like kind of a mixture between the two, isn't he? I mean, he's won the FA Cup with us. He was obviously a former Arsenal player. But like we were saying when he was first appointed, he's not an Arsenal legend or anything like that. So he definitely, if his form as a manager, I guess you could say, kind of starts to go sour, I think he will get shot at. But God... To answer your question, um, I think that he could very well be the man to win us the Premier League again if, like you said, the board back us. But that is really the question, isn't it? Will mm. the board back us? And I think um, they've shown promising signs as of late, more promising than they did under um, Gazidis, obviously. But mm. um, The cunt. Yeah, fuck that guy, who's supposedly ruining AC Milan now too. So does that really surprise mm. you? Um, nope. piss poor individual piss poor what is this is it, what is he a CEO oh fuck knows uh, is he cares? anything really well his hair's not mm. he's completely bald um, <laughs> I would I would keep Arteta for a long time along with his magnificent hair and I think mm. that his handsome chiseled perfect amount of five o'clock shadowed face may be the one reflecting off of Arsenal's next Premier League trophy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Love, you love to hear it. Yeah. You love to hear it. You love to listen. If you love to listen, please leave a review on whatever platform you can. Also, mm. if you got a question you want us to ask on the next episode, you just got to DM me, man. Mm. Max was like the first dude I've ever got a question from. Do you realize how much of a Not loser? <laughs> like, Alfie has all plenty. the questions. Yeah. I get like none. I look like such a loser. I look like a chess playing loser. <laughs> well, you loser. are. You're ginger. So it's bound to be the case. Come on. Seriously, my <laughs> life is already difficult enough. Can you please just ask me some question? Max, even you, baby. If you got another one, ask me. Please, I need it. I need to inject your questions mm. into my ginger veins. And um, I need to go. <laughs> yes, Alfie needs to go play football. Alfie, before yeah. we wrap up today, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, we love you, Arsenal.co.uk forward slash articles. 
give him a read. Um, they have a really good writer on there named Daniel Finton. Be mm. sure to specifically check out his articles as well. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter as well at Daniel underscore Finton. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening once again. And we hope to see you motherfuckers next week. See you later, lads. Toodaloo.